a Radio 191 FM podcast. Mr. Speaker. All right, it is that time of Monday morning, half past eight. We've just gone 33 minutes past eight, if I'm telling the truth. Uh, here on Radio 191, if you miss time for politics, John Moore. Let's continue with John's recent obsession with the far right, shall we? Which began last week and continues on this week. Let's hope the obsession doesn't go too far. Uh, this time we're looking at the uh, US and here at home. Uh, yesterday, hundreds of far right protesters... Uh, well, 500 or so, uh, gathered in Portland of all places. Portland, I just, you know, I just... This doesn't seem right to be doing it in Portland, but um, why was it ironic, John? That, that well, it's a deliberate choice that this far-right protest was organised in Portland, a, a very uh, progressive uh, city uh, with progressive politics, and where um, the group, the far-left group, Antifa, uh, is seen to have a strong base. So that, that's exactly why uh, this, this far-right gathering happened. Um, it tr- in an attempt to try and expose, in particular, the far-left militant group Antifa, uh, which basically stands for anti-fascism, uh, and to call for that group to be banned and to be labelled as a terrorist organisation. Um, it was relatively a small group, uh, a small gathering of, of just hundreds, uh, but it, it did receive significant media coverage, especially in the United States, and especially after Donald Trump uh, commented on the protest before it happened and indicated that uh, he was open to the option of, yes, banning Antifa. Oh, is that right? Is that what Trump said? Well, uh, well, I mean, they are quite militant in, in their own right, I guess. But um, Right, let's talk a little bit about who was involved on the far right side of, of this first. Um, you've got an organisation called Proud Boy, which take their name from a song from Aladdin, um, and were founded by the co-founder of Vice, which is another liberal bastion. So it, it just gets weirder. Yeah, it does, it does get weirder. So... Um, uh Proud Boys are um, uh, an organisation that, that has received a lot of press in, in both Canada and America, um, and, and especially that it was founded by the co-founder of Vice. Uh, Vice, back in those early days, was quite a different beast that sort of uh, had a bit more of a, I felt, a bit more of a nasty tone to it. This is when it used to put out a magazine, uh, and 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 didn't have that clear sort of social liberal ideology that that it promotes now. Um, Gavin McInnes, who uh, was the co-founder of Vice, uh, formed this group, Proud Boys. Um, I, I think it is important to say that it's not an outright fascist group. It's a, no. a far-right group that that claims to preach um, Western chauvinism. So it, it does see uh, Western values, European values, as, as being superior to other cultural, national values. Um, and... Uh, and it does include members um, who are um, people of colour. Um, it's, a, it's a male-centred organisation, uh, but it, it doesn't outrightly promote white um, nationalism and white separatism. Um, it, but as I said, it claims to be a promoter of, of 
pro-Western values. However, I think there's been a shift with with the Proud Boys' um, endorsement and organisation around this protest in Portland, which did have uh, a far more uh, far-right, extreme-right sort of uh, rhetoric tied around it, especially in centering uh, against Antifa, it did draw in uh, to the protest more um, extreme elements, white nationalist elements. Yes, yes, there were a few other groups there too, weren't there? Yeah, there, there were. I mean, it was predominantly um, Proud Boys, uh, but there were other groups, including um, Three Percenters, Three Percenters, a patriot movement uh, and militia group, um, and uh, but. To say that um, not all militia groups are white nationalists in America, um, but it did um, uh, include a group called the American Guard, which the Anti-Defamation uh, League has described as hardcore white supremacists. So again, this does seem to indicate that the Proud Boys are heading off in a more um, extreme right direction, or at least are prepared to work alongside more extreme right groups. Mm. Um the Southern Poverty Law Centre has named Proud Boys themselves as a, you know, as a kind of extremist group. The same thing that they're wanting in Antifa to kind of be um, named as. Uh, but it was interesting that Antifa outnumbered them quite a bit. Yeah, and that, that's often the case, um, and I think that's why often with the even in Charlottesville, um, uh, it, it was in the hundreds um, that the right were able to organise numbers. In, in a similar case in um, Portland, um, and I think uh, yes, uh, Antifa and anti-fascists are able to um, organise generally greater numbers than the far right. Uh, however. Um, I don't think that success uh, of, of the far right should be... Uh, it would be dangerous just to judge it on the numbers they can mobilise. It's also got to do with a lot of the media attention uh, they get, and they certainly did get a lot of media attention with Charlottesville in the past and uh, with this um, rally in Portland. And as I said before, probably the, the biggest coup was to get Trump to comment on the protest and really... Uh, the virtual signal to his support base that uh, that he had sympathy uh, with this far right g- gathering and and had strong um, sympathies for their call to ban Antifa, the, the anti-fascist movement. Mm. Well, um, Proud Boys have had uh, well um, had close relationships with Roger Stone in the past, who uh, was former advisor to, to Trump. Um, mm. And uh, also to several um, members of the Fox News team, uh, including Tucker Carlson. Um, yeah, and uh, Roger Stone's a fascinating uh, person. There's a great documentary on him on Netflix. So he's he uh, he's been organising um, with various Republican um, presidential candidates going right back to uh, Nixon. Uh, actually, has a tattoo of Nixon on his back. Um, and, and, and did play a major role in getting um, Trump elected. I think what, what this speaks to, when you've got people like Roger Stone uh, fluting with groups like the Proud Boys, who are then uh, being um, prepared to work alongside more extreme white elements, is that right-wing populist politics in America is in a real state of flux. And um, rather than uh, the usual case where um, populist politicians get elected and then go all respectable and moderate, what we're seeing with Trump is that he's actually doubled on down 
uh, in terms of his populist right-wing rhetoric. And I think certainly it was his comment on Etifa, and his basically uh, subtle endorsement of uh, this anti-Etifa protest in Portland. We're seeing that populist right element in the Republican Party uh, and around the Republican Party uh, heading in an even more radical direction. Mm, mm. Uh, and and these uh, this this organisation, Proud Boys, and other ones like it, are really showing um, that side we saw uh, starting to rise a couple of years ago of the corporate far right, the the uh, everyman far right. It could be the guy that works next to you in, in in the office cubicle. It's not just Nazi skinheads out there on the street anymore, uh, beating out uh, white nationalist propaganda. Not necessarily saying these these people are white nationalists. So we've talked about that before, but they do have. Mm. There is echoes of that within the group. Absolutely, yeah. And the the, the yeah, they don't run around in, in white hoods, KKK style, and uh, in ridiculous sort of Nazi uniforms. Uh, yeah, they they put on a very mainstream image. Uh, they attract a lot of um, of. of college students, um, university students in America and Canada who are quite articulate, uh, they're careful with the type of language they use, um, and, and but uh, as this process has shown, there's not a clear demarcation between alt-right groups like the um, Proud Boys, who claim that they're not racist, and do include some uh, people of colour and, and, and the more extreme right white nationalists, uh, white supremacist groups. So the, uh, I wouldn't say there's a merging of, of those elements, alt right and white nationalists, but there seems to be some sort of uh, block happening, um, either directly or indirectly. Mm. Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess they're going to have to combine their support bases at some stage because what's going to happen, you know, I mean, are they legit enough now to survive? Trump leaving office? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think there's a yeah, there's a widespread base in America for um, populist politics, populist right wing politics at least, uh, and, and groups uh, like the Proud Boys are able to feed off that that um, that base uh, as well as the more extreme white nationalist, white supremacist groups. So I think yeah, the. Um, as long as the social conditions continue, uh, for which allowed someone like Trump to uh, to gain the ascendancy, then I think um, there will be a, a base. Even if Trump um, doesn't get re-elected or pulls out, um, there's still that 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 mass base for uh, a form of popular right-wing politics. Yeah, there's still enough going on in the United States for these people to get angry about. Yeah, and, and, and people, uh, um, a lot of it's got to do with identity uh, um, as well as economic conditions that people feel, a certain section of the population feels in an existential crisis that, uh, which which um, comes down to uh, the decline of America as a superpower, even though it is a predominant superpower, but um, there's that sense of decline. Uh, there's the economic conditions in various areas. People uh, no longer especially working class people, white working class no longer have those um, jobs that provided them a very middle class lifestyle. Um, even though unemployment is very low, the lowest on record for decades, um, uh, it, it tends to be low paid precarious jobs that, that have replaced those sort of um, factory jobs which 
people felt very comfortable. So people's identity and people's economic conditions have been thrown in crisis, and um, that has led to the rise of, of populist politics in America and Trump. And also on the left, uh, with people like Alexandria Casio Cortez and Elizabeth Warren and uh, Bernie Sanders in the um, Democrat Party mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm interested with Antifa. Like, where where do they sit on? I mean, they're obviously anti-fascists, mm. um, and they've had a lot of run-ins with with groups like Proud Boys and, and the like. But you know, aren't the Proud Boys fair in saying that this group is you know an extremist group? They are, aren't they? Um, I think you could call them definitely a far-left group. Uh, they've sort of come out of that black bloc movement uh, that sort of developed over the last couple of decades in Europe and America, which predominantly uh, preaches a more anarchist ideology. Uh, so anarchism um, as a political ideology being, being uh, anti-state, uh, anti-police, and, and promoting a um, generally a sort of decentralised uh, um, communal type society, socialist type society, but without a state. So that, that's a political uh, ideology that backs up Antifa. But uh, Antifa very much uh, comes from that tradition of the left, uh, where, where, um, which believes that when you have a rise of fascism and far-right groups, that, um, that you need to to physically uh, confront such groups uh, and even smash such groups through forms of, of militancy. Um, such an idea seems extreme, uh, and, and, pe- and that's why uh, people will say there's an equivalence between extreme right groups like um, the Proud Boys and more extremist white nationalist groups and the extreme left with groups like Antifa. But, um, so if you purely judge them on the basis of whether they're violent or militant, then yes, there is an equivalence between uh, the extreme right and the extreme left. But however, that, that tradition of, of, um, of arguing for the need for physically confronting fascist groups, uh, I mean, if you look at the 1930s in Germany, for example, and with the rise of fascists in, in, in Britain and throughout Europe and America, it was mainstream on the left to advocate for uh, militancy and uh, physical confrontations with fascists. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, um, so there's an, argu- there's an argument there. Uh, is it legitimate to punch a Nazi, basically? And if you punch a Nazi, does that make you as bad as a Nazi? I'd say no. Uh, I, I, I think the two uh, perspectives on the world between... Um, groups like Antifa and then groups like the Proud Boys are, are diametrically opposed to each other but um, if you oppose violence uh, and physical confrontation then, um, then, um, then you would judge groups like Antifa in a negative way yeah yeah uh, but you know they're only one branch of the far left as well there are there has been plenty of far left terrorism uh, and um, pretty intense groups over the years yeah, and, um, um, I mean, you had like the, um, uh, especially in the in the 70s, you had a number of of extreme left groups that used terrorist tactics. Um, um, the, the type of te- and you had the IRA, of course, and um, and um, and. Um, Ireland that called itself a socialist group that did use violence. Um, I guess some people would differentiate between um, uh, 
militant violence attacks uh, that um, that are deliberately planned not to lead to actual death, but are more symbolic. Um, and, and terrorist groups that actually want to just kill as many people as they possibly can. Um, it might seem a fine line between those two strategies, but um, there has always been a, a difference there in how various terrorist groups operate, whether you uh, target general populations and just try and kill as many people as you can, such with groups like Al-Qaeda and ISIS, and, um, and of course there was arguments that elements of the Irish Republican movement at times would engage in um, terrorist attacks with the aim of uh, killing civilians. Um, and then you have groups that, yeah, just use bombs and, and terrorist actions more symbolically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Indeed. All right, let's move on to what's happening in uh, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Um, where do we sit? You know, I mean, the far right isn't old news here either. Uh, well, when I say the far right, yeah, yeah I do mean the far right. Um, but, you know, where does it sit? Has our, has our far right gone, shifted away from um, white nationalists through to the alt right now? You know, are we seeing the same kind of things that they're seeing overseas? Uh to some degree, uh, I mean, um, for the last two decades, it's been the more sort of Nazi, neo-Nazi type groups that have gained uh, prominent um, media coverage at times. Um, and, we, we, you know, we saw that with groups like the National Front and the Right Wing Resistance. Um, the key figure in the New Zealand far right for decades has been uh, um, Kyle Chapman from Christchurch, oh. uh, who, who who is an outright Nazi, uh, and you can Google him and find him in rather silly Nazi type uniforms, trying to be all tough and manly. Um, uh, the groups that he's been associated with uh, tend have since the terrorist attack in Christchurch um, uh, formally dissolved themselves and gone into hiding, basically. Um, Kyle Chapman had already fallen out with those groups. So we're talking about some very small bunches of people here, maybe at the most um, a few dozen. Um, uh, and, and really there seems to be a whole lot of eternal strife within that milieu, uh, which has prevented them from really growing and, and, and sort of uh, being able to sort of opportunistically opportunistically sort of grow on the basis of the growth of the populist right internationally. But there are, there do seem to be some more sort of ostensibly respectable of right groups popping up. Um, uh, how big they are, it's hard to say. That They seem to be quite small and they seem to be mainly based on um, spreading their propaganda on the internet and on various chat rooms such as 4chan, uh, 8chan, etc. Um, so there's the, the Western Guard Group, um, uh, there's the European Students Association, which uh, gained some uh, notoriety in Auckland when it tried to uh, set up on Auckland campus. Um, and uh, there's also a group called Right Minds. Um, uh, and so there are various groups, but they don't seem to be have large numbers around them. But I guess they are the type of groups if any sort of far right, extreme right um, movement is to sort of grow in New Zealand, I would say it's those new internet savvy, ostensibly respectable groups that are likely to 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 benefit. Um, 
we've seen a little bit more action on the campus up in Auckland. Have sympathies waned since March the 15th, since the white nationalist terrorist attack in Christchurch? I, I think all these uh, uh, groups that um, uh, were preaching various forms of white chauvinism um, and, and uh, more extreme forms of New Zealand nationalism, yeah, that, that's, they're, they're keeping pretty quiet at the moment uh, and uh, they're keeping their heads down. Um, and I think, yeah, that is a direct result of the uh, terrorist attack um, in Christchurch. I'd imagine they're keeping their heads down, one, because they um, probably sense, uh, you know, some of these guys in these groups are quite smart, and they'd sense um, that there could be a big backlash if they start uh, preaching their new normal propaganda. And two, they're probably scared that the police and um, uh, security, state security forces are, are keeping an eye on these groups, um, mm -hmm. and so they need to be careful. Um, I think where you are seeing um, uh, elements of the populist right and alt-right sort of creeping into mainstream politics uh, uh, with groups such as um, Brian Tamaki uh, and uh, the and the Destiny Church, which is has as of late centred in on the issue of um, of Islam and, and, and um, Sharia law, etc., presenting Muslims as a as a dangerous other and, and raising the spectre of Sharia law being introduced in New Zealand. So as ridiculous as that is. Um, uh, there probably are uh, fears amongst a certain percentage of the population over um, uh, Islam and um, Sharia law, etc. So uh, the Tamakis, Hana Tamaki and Brian Tamaki, are trying to actually uh, gain capital from um, fears out there about Muslims and with their uh, new party, which they did call the Coalition Party, but um, um, it's not allowed to use that name. Uh, so I don't think, I think they'd be lucky to get 1 or 2% uh, of the vote. Um, but they get a lot of media coverage. So they're sort of uh, uh, acting to normalise that sort of Islamophobia um, in, in the politics based around Islamophobia. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, all right, well, we've run out of time. It's time to go. I just want to point out one thing that I found kind of funny. Uh, and, you know, nothing should be funny within all this stuff, but... Um Carl Chapman, and I, I was thinking about him this morning, because I, I was reading up about um, Proud Boys, and there's a member, one of the most notorious members of the Proud Boys, is, his name is Char Kyle Chapman, and I was oh, like... Oh yeah, I saw that cross up as well. And <laughs> I was like, what? Is, is, is that guy <laughs> over there doing that? It doesn't seem like he'd fit in. Um, you know... It's a different person. Isn't yeah, it? it's a different person, but the same name. <laughs> uh, exactly the same name, uh, and probably just as much of an idiot, uh, I, yeah. I, I put to mind. Because, yeah, Kyle Chapman, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some conspiracy theory. Get Alex Jones onto this. Well, that's right. Sheeples, get ready. Something's going on. All right, thank you so much, John. That's okay. We'll hear from you again tomorrow morning. Have a wonderful day. You too. That was the Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.